Welcome to the Director's Commentary Podcast for Heart, The City Beneath. I'm Grant Howitt, and I'm joined by Christopher Taylor, and we wrote the Heart RPG. In these episodes, we'll be going through the text of the book and discussing how we came to design the game. For more information on Heart and our other titles, go to rrdgames.com. Welcome to the world of Heart. Please turn to page 121 in your copybooks. The eagle-eyed, eared, nosed among you will notice that we've skipped a chapter, uh, which is the running the game chapter. And we did this because we couldn't come up with anything interesting to say about it. The running the game chapter is essentially this director's commentary. Yeah. But not as pointed to each section. It's, yeah. it's a guide and it's tips and it's like, well, I hope you do okay. The section. One of the challenges that I that, uh, that I I faced that I, I sort of set myself when I, I wrote the chapter was let's break this down for people not only for people who'd never run a role playing game before and people who'd never run heart before people who never run a story game before so people who run D and D yes and trying to get across to them like hey so there's nothing wrong with D and D there's nothing wrong with story games there's a slightly different mindset you need to approach them by and hopefully I managed to get that across. It's just generally in terms of like uh, my philosophy of gemming is that the players will always tell you what they want, even if they don't do it directly. And it's your job to give it to them, but in a nasty way. <laughs> and we actually have mechanics in the game which let it, which let them do it directly. Yeah, exactly. So there's barely any work to be done whatsoever. Let's talk about the world of heart. Yes, and how the world of heart is completely malleable. Hmm. Mm, completely fluid. Uh, on page one two one, there's a uh, little box out which says in the briefest possible terms. That's the minimum, as far as heart goes. I think like that's the that's the accepted truths, and then from there we start faffing about side to side. Yeah. So the the world of heart and the the landmark section that we'll we'll get to in a bit, which follows it, mm. is all prompts and suggestions and things you can do, and it shows things like scope and that sort mm. of stuff. It is not something you need to memorise. Absolutely not. It's recommended you don't. Yeah, and it's not something where you need to go, ah, okay, so this is tier one, so that would lead to this, and this is the exact map of heart. And that, yeah. that that's why we, we provide a map that is completely blank. Mm. You're meant to build everything yourself. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was an interesting decision on our part because... Aspire is like Spire is not mapped out super well. That uh, sorry, Tim did those hugely uh, detailed maps, especially of the Undercity, but those are those are expressly non-canonical. Mm-hmm. Like we set up the Porlocks, the, like there's as an in-character guy who makes the maps, and he's never been to Spire. This is all sort of second-hand knowledge that he's working off. They're they're for inspirational purposes. I think there was some there, there was some reticence on some of the players of Spire were like, well, I don't want to have to I don't want players to have to read all of this before they go into this world, and like we don't we don't think you need to read all of Spire before you play Spire. It helps if you read the bit that you're the, like the section you're going to be playing in, mm. but it doesn't matter. You just make it up. Yeah, it's fine. We just made it up, but with Heart, we wanted to make that even more even more fluid and even more loose. So the like the landmarks in Heart they don't all exist. In any given game? Yeah. It's not guaranteed that every single one of these is out there. Yeah. Derelictus is there. Yeah. Derelictus is the only one that kind of has to be there. Yeah. And I think past that, you're pretty much... You've got, you've got free reign to 
put in whatever you want or, or whatever you don't want because the heart is in the heart is an embodiment of the gm and a tool in, in creating this world you can you can afford to get pretty wacky with it it doesn't it doesn't it will hold up yeah and you can you can have the most bizarre things next to each other mm. and that's fine they don't need to make logical sense if you're if you're playing a, a city building game you need to put your city next to a river so it's got trade routes and water and and all this sort of stuff this is the heart this is like this is like a weird fever dream mm. it doesn't have to make geographic or logical sense where things are on the subject of weird fever dreams i'd like to mention art briefly mm-hmm. this, is, this is something which i bought in actually to, like, towards the end of the process but i, I wanted to make it a rule or a guideline that people in heart make art like you're seen as weird if you don't and it doesn't have to be you know fanciful paintings or what have you but carvings or songs or liquors whatever like 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 liqueurs rather than you know i think part of the part of the problem you get is like in any sort of mega dungeon where you've got you don't have like a, like a bit like a one or two big civilizations knocking about. Is everyone just sort of boiling their socks for food? Yeah. It's incredibly grim. And while we certainly wanted the grimness there, I think we wanted the we wanted to show the adaptability of humans and also like it is possible to have a nice time. Yeah, like it's not all people waiting around to die. Like yeah. these people are living their lives down here in difficult situations. Mm. But they're still existing. They're still they're still living and enjoying themselves at times. And they have, um, as we'll get to later, um, festivals and they mm. have ceremonies like marriages and funerals mm. and, and things. And they, in along with art, they all have like unique fashion. Like each mm. place in in heart will will look different just because the people look different mm. because they've made, bought, traded their clothes, the clothing they wear. Mm. And it'll give them a specific style. That's it, honestly that's something which which we should have written down. But like, what hats do people wear? Do they wear hats? Think about that. I think that that like you can you can show a great deal rather than telling in terms of your in terms of your fiction, your overall theme by sort of slapping slapping art on things and saying like so so what what is what how are these people expressing the frustrations they're feeling? How are these people making fun? of the people in power how are they celebrating things and it lets you get out of the idea that this is just a place where you go in to exchange resources for hit points and <laughs> it's like oh these are these are people this is a place which i can interact with and it it will change from time to time that's the that's the, so like the, one of the reasons for festivals and similarly um pulses which are underground seasons which come in later on on page 125 is that they are what's the word filters to put over a, a location you visit multiple times. Yeah, it, it means that you can you can have the same tunnel just mm. to put a really like boring location, just it's a just a normal tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um and then you can change it every time they've gone through it. Like one time there's bunting because it's nearly pig's day. Mm, pig's day. Or it's it's the, it's in the middle of rot and the entire place is fetid and wet mm-hmm. and awful. And you can reuse locations, but change the tone and theming of what's going on. Mm. Mm. Uh, the the uh, the the world of heart. Like we we wrote this after we did the landmarks in the book. This is this was sort of like we 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 had the landmarks there, and we realised that maybe we needed a bit more. We needed to guide people in a bit more, give them a bit more of an understanding of what the game's about and yeah, what the it's, what, it's what a, the. 
it's a full summation basically mm. it's it's a shorthand quick reference guide mm. to the heart it doesn't go particularly deep um but it gives you a little um overview of everything mm. and like hits hits the important things and i think that like if you are if you are playing um if 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 if, if you're running a game and like like sending the PDF to player and saying, okay, so read from page 121 to 127, and that will give you an overview of what... of of, of, of the setting. Yeah. And you don't really need much... Like, everything else can be determined by your class. Time was tricky. Yeah. Time was very hard to work out, because there's no days. Oh, there is, but there, it's within a localised one-mile area. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's still, there's still bells. Sorry. So we wanted we wanted to have the idea that like the closer you get to the heart, the less there is of time. One because you're underground, and because time is is broadly determined by seasons, and, and by weather, and by day and night. And two because the heart's just sort of unpicking time. And we settled on bells, given as much as like that's quite a something which Chris was saying earlier was the was the idea that it's quite a clever way of transmitting data across a large area. Yeah, because if you the easiest way to get data across a large area is with light or sound, basically. Mm. And light doesn't go around corners, or sound does. Mm. Um, and the heart is nothing if not a convoluted layout. It's the ultimate convoluted layout, yes. Yeah, so a bell ringing can tell people over huge areas, possibly even in the next havens, what the time is, and then they can ring the bell, mm. and you get a kind of chain if you wanted to keep everybody on the same clock, as it were. It also like it. There's a there's a level of like, well, we don't need to hide anymore. We're not mm. like we're not we're not trying to shield our position. We're 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 proud of what we've got, and we're like you, that. You come at us, bro. There's an element of 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 uh, of, uh, of ownership, I think, in Belvedere, yeah. or at least security. That that gives that gives you a way. Basically, we want to have a way for people, like especially for denizens of the heart, to refer to time in a way which didn't immediately feel jarring. So like, oh, it's been three days since anyone's come around here. Well, well, like we, we don't have sunrise, yeah. So we don't really have days, but but like you could certainly have a place which has uh, like on tier one, which has a large percentage of people who are traveling back up to the surface occasionally. They'd bring the principle of days down with them, and then have these bells. And so okay, so like there's a there's a there's a morning bell, a noon bell, and a and a, a bedtime bell. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, and that means that we can like we can sort of keep a vague passage of time and refer to that so we can say oh that was four bells ago and i admit that i in my games i tend to just use the word day i think everyone just uses days but we couldn't just put that in there <laughs> yeah maybe next time maybe for the second edition we should we should come up with a way to use days like perhaps it's a it's a it's a, it's a period of time invented by lord anthony day <laughs> the most important day it has it has nothing to do with with sunrise and sunset whatsoever yeah i also want to briefly mention the pulses chris had wrote earlier Pulses on page 125. We were. I wanted to make these into more. Every time you entered the heart, it would be in a pulse, and that would have rules which was attached to it, which were attached to it. But there was not really any interesting way of doing that without without getting too many rules. Yeah, it just it just meant that you constantly had to check what was going on with time, mm. and it meant that to some degree at least you had to track time. Very much. Even so. if that was just occasionally checking to see if it changed. There is a there is a, a, a fantastic book. Uh, called Into the Weird, Into the Weird and Wild, which is uh, c kind of broadly a uh, supplement for OSR games and D and D games, uh, where it's about going into this massive ancient forest, uh, 
and it has various rules for seasons and, the, and like depending on what sort of moon is up in the sky that will affect the gameplay mm-hmm. uh, it says I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's in this book I'll have to double check later but it says like if you have phases of the moon in your game you absolutely have to keep perfect track of it you can't just have it as like oh I feel like the moon's changing at the moment now like it has to be something which you can track and exploit yeah we don't have a game which functions like that. I think I think we've got um like one of our fallouts is the pulse changes. Yes. Yeah, there's there's um uh, a lot of things in Fallout that changes weather and things like mm. that. So yeah. Uh but we we ended up making them purely decorative as it were because there wasn't there wasn't really it, it, it got in the way. Yeah, it's just a quick way of reskinning a location if you need to, honestly. On the subject of reskins, Mm. The heart itself gets a, a section here of descriptions, and they're not true, and also they are. The most the most important part of the book gets half a page. <laughs> yeah, like we did not at any point want to define the heart. No, because if we define the heart, it takes the mystery out of it. Mm-hmm. It becomes a solved puzzle, and that's not interesting. Mm. Two people in the same game in the same party can experience the heart in different ways. And keeping it this amorphous mystery mm. lets both the GM have more leeway. Like, they're not going to contradict themselves because they can just make up a description very quickly. Mm. But also it keeps it this, like, unknowable cosmic horror. Yeah. It's like in the beginning of a Cthulhu adventure when they're like, oh, what could this monster be? And they go, oh, it's a deep one. Yeah. Well, we know that now, so now we know what we're doing. That was that was always my problem with 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 Call of Cthulhu because like I I didn't read the books until until um I think I've, I've been playing for like a year and then I I, I had I had a bash at reading the books, and any time monster would come up like half the players would go oh oh it's one of those oh, okay oh don't do this I was like what the fuck are you talking about I don't know what the hell yeah like I was I was acting much more like a Lovecraft protagonist <laughs> yes and going what the hell is that it looks awful I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go mad and die and never even think of a woman. <laughs> No, never even mention one in passing. The unknowable cosmic horror. I think of it like it lets by having it is it's it's everything. It's precisely what you want. It is what you want in a weird alien way. It's huge. It's dealing with like we've got primordial soup. We've got a giant eye. We've got a book. <laughs> we've got a big machine. We've got a kingdom. Like all of the all of these things. Are, all these things are like conceptually or physically big. Yeah. And then you get the chance to go and fuck about with that. But generally, once you hit that, that's probably the end of the game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, pretty much. And like and like hats off to you at that point. You've Yeah, well done. You've won heart, <laughs> as it were. Yeah, uh, we got you wanted to mention the domains in terms of the geography and landmarks. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about domains uh in character building, because obviously you've got skills, domains and knacks and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but they're 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 written out again here in, in the geography section because, again, it's another way of reskinning something. So if you have the idea, let's say, that you want your adventure site to be a library, mm. big, massive library, right? And if you think of, like, a London library, you've got an image in your head. Now if you take that library and put it in a domain, mm. the domain reflavors it. And you can take exactly the same layout or like, for instance, um, a, a, dungeon, a, a dungeon adventure from another game mm. and drop it into a, a desolate place and just 
all of the corridors and all the rooms are just spread out by a hundred foot. Like there are these enormous yawning areas, hmm. and it's all cra- craggy and rocky. Or you make it haven, and there's people living there. Hmm. Like they've occupied this this ancient fane, um, and it lets you change the world around the players. Hmm. And they get this real sense of moving between locations as you fade through a delve or something through Warren into technology, into mm-hmm. desolate, into wild. Mm. There's these thick bands of theme mm. that you can push through and thick bands of tone and aesthetics. Mm. Um, so, so we listed them all out here with examples of just quick examples of what you can change things to be. Yeah, like one of the, so, whenever I run Heart, uh, and I've run it, I've I've run it a, a lot. I did a lot of playtesting, you know, back and back before we um did the Kickstarter and a little bit after we did the Kickstarter as well. I tend not to use the um, locations that I've made up in 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 the book that like that, that we've written. Mm. Like I'll use I'll use High Rise because I really like High Rise, and we'll get you to do and a bit. I fucking love High Rise; it's great. But aside from High Rise, I'll just make everything else up. Either on the spot, or it'll be like, oh, I'm going to take this concept here and jury rig it onto this bit here, and sort of make that make that all all, all function. Now, I think like where we've got geography by domain, and like where we like we try to write in a way which hopefully you can use these locations as inspiration for your own. Uh, I think it's quite boring just to have a book where there's where there's no examples, where there's nothing to there's nothing to sink your teeth into, which is kind of how, why we struggle with delves, as we mentioned in the previous episode. Because uh, we can't afford to have any concrete delves and and have the game hang together, mm. but the landmarks we wanted very much to present them as jewels for the for the GM to arrange for the players to stumble into, and if you've got any ideas for your own jewels, please make them, write them. Like it's very straightforward. It's it's quite hard to get it wrong. Yeah, and I mean, in, as as you'll see in the landmark section, like the actual like data block of a landmark landmark is really simple. Mm. And honestly, it's mostly guessing. Should we move on to the to the landmark section? We probably should. Okay, let's stop this one here. Landmarks. One of the biggest bits of the game. Yeah, it's better the meat and drink of the game, but it's it's more the plate of the game if the classes <laughs> are the meat and drink. Yeah. Hmm. Landmarks are where the game takes place. There's some connections and stuff, and there's there's, there's, there's generally some drama. But we we almost like we expressly say if if something's interesting, please make it a landmark. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, like uh, otherwise, it's it's, it's all temporary t- temporary perils. Now, have we discussed haunts yet? I don't believe we have. We've talked a little bit about um, going to havens to heal in the resources mm. section, but mm. not actually about what a haunt is. Hmm. And uh, so a haunt is a place you can go, a place, thing, or person to help heal both uh, stress and fallout. And these cost resources. Now, that can be you buying drinks with with money and barter and trade and such, mm-hmm. or it can be you using sacred candles in a ritual or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's not just... A, a necessarily a straight transaction mm-hmm. uh, but each landmark that is a haven will have at least one haunt 
some even the aren't havens have haunts i think like we wanted to like that's the 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 overall loop of the game is you go out you get into trouble on a on a connection and then go and get safe in a landmark yeah and that's the that's the overall um gameplay loop we've got some stuff on damn on upgrading haunts like we initially there was more of a kind of a town buildy feel we were going for a much more complex mm. system like there were, when when it was first conceived it was there were rules for building a haunt out, uh, building a landmark out of absolutely nothing mm. you find a location however you did that in the original version mm. um, and then slowly built it up and you went okay i'm going to i'm going to put in a bakery here and this sort of <laughs> stuff and yeah. it was just it was so complex and against the game yeah the game is about going and walking around yeah like not only are you essentially nomadic in this game mm. you're you're constantly on the move but also it's it's a game about colonialism yeah yeah it got a bit much when we were like cool now you can just stick a flag in this and claim it as yours <laughs> um we we took a lot of the ideas and the good bits from it and mm. merged those into sanctum yeah where you you are at a, a haven and you, you use that as a base of operations and you go out and come back. Mm. Um, but this very much turned m multiple sessions into, well, I'm going to build roads here so that the, mm. the, the flow of traffic is good. Yeah, like a fine game, but not one that we should write. Yes, it just wasn't so, Someone else hard. should write that, yeah. yeah. SimCities, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's uh, it's, 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 an, it's It's an enjoyable experience, and there's there's something very pretty about... There's something very satisfying about building a machine to live in. That's, that's kind of cool. I like that. But um, it, it was not for us. So we, we sawed everything down, and we were like, okay, so what, what are the ways in which we write fiction and the way in which we write rules? Is like, how, how is this going to interact with what players do all the time? We try to avoid edge cases, and if, if there's something which is, which is going to be used one, like one, one, one every four games, then, like, well, can we... Can we roll that back into something else? Yeah. And so the way in which towns function is that they've got domains, which influences who's going to be more powerful there in terms of what domains you've got, uh, and they've got haunts, which which uh, which which is useful for recovering uh, stresses for uh, for for removing stresses from your character. And that's pretty much it. We've got we've got some we've got some fiction attached to them, and that's kind of the the fun bit, honestly. It's coming up with the fiction. Um, we've got a. Similarly, we've got we've got a about a page on making on making your own landmark and how to use them and like what they provide, and I think that the the one which I'm happiest with is wander, because uh, the sanctuary materials advancement employment danger and wander, and I think that it's quite easy to get to get lost in the idea that everything has to be functional, yeah, and you can just have that like wow this place is fucking crazy go look at it. Yeah, and it, it ties back into the last section where we were speaking about art. Yeah. Things can just be beautiful and weird and fun. Mm. You don't they don't have to serve a purpose. Like I've often spent like a couple of minutes say within the last month, staring at a tree. Being like, <laughs> Oh, what a lovely tree this is. Weeping at a sunrise. Yeah, precisely. Like like, like the sunrise is still beautiful. The sunset is still gorgeous, and then these are all these are things which happen. Uh, like uh, I'm going to say, at most once a day, but also at least once a day, but with alarming regularity. Yes, like you can have floating shit, you can have um, strange portals, you can have 
crystalline monsters stomping around the place, which are which are like these behemoths, which uh, which 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 sing to one another like whales. Cool, put it in. Doesn't have to do anything. It's fun to go poke. Yeah, just just bung stuff in and you'll have fun. Mm. It's great. Something I'd like to mention uh, on page one three four is we don't have any generic landmarks. Yes, there's a short bullet point list of essentially don't use these; they're boring. Yeah, I think that if every landmark you've got is this massive assault on the senses, or like, hey, this place is crazy, this place is really weird, then I can see how you'd want something that's a bit more normal to sink back into, and that's fine. It just we don't need to write it down. Yeah, you you can just knock that out. We trust the GM to just sort of put it together. So let's get into landmarks by tier. So first up, we have tier zero. Yeah. Which is not the heart. No. It's heart adjacent. Yeah, it's very close. Yeah. But this is derelictus. Um yeah. as it's as it says in its title, they're derelictus the city between. Mm. Um we call it the city between because first off derelictus is massive. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a really huge area of spire. But the city above is spire. Mm. It's this towering city. And the city below is all of heart in all of its mm. weirdness. And Derelictus is a bridge between the two. And it's in the, the the sort of central platforms of the Vermissian that most adventures and campaigns will start mm. um, as you set off down into the darkness and the weirdness. There's this bustling yeah. sense of commodity and commerce around it. Mm. As they, as people have set up these these bars and places to buy fine swords and stout armor, <laughs> and honestly, make a lot of money out of substandard goods. Mm. Yeah, like really terrible, really yeah. terrible stuff. Because then they're all getting them back. Yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting uh, switch because in Spire, Derelictus is kind of the lowest of the low, and we're focusing on like, oh, it's the, it's this crazy, run-down, nightmarish tunnel world where they've got like. Um, mystery cults run by run by um orphans and urban legends where these giant albino spiders come and take you and the elfia arrive and hunt you through the streets and that's true for spire because like spire is a pretty shitty place to live but there's a lot worse mm. than spire uh, namely heart <laughs> and so, De- and so, Derelictus becomes this sort of cosmopolitan wonderland where you've got things like oh what, what? drinkable water I can just buy an onion? Reliable gravity? <laughs> A one-headed dog? This door doesn't hate me. <laughs> we do we detail Derelictus a lot more in Burn and Broken. Yep. Um, which we again one of our supplements. And that was that was really good fun actually, thinking of it in terms of what challenges it posed uh, and what sanctuaries it offered. I really like that. But also if you're interested, you can look at Strata, which is the supplement we did for Spire. Uh, which goes into it in great depth and gives you rules if you want to come if, if you want to be an an ex child mystery cultist. <laughs> yes, it does. Would also like, I'd also like to very very briefly note here on the top of page one hundred and thirty seven, right right hand side, uh, you can see our naming our naming convention for House Grindle, where we just pick a word we like. Yes, I have a I have a text document. Uh, <laughs> oh, do you called Grindle names? Oh, do you? Yeah, hang on, let's see if <laughs> I, uh, Grindle names. I will now read you. The text mm. document of my Grendel names. These are ones I don't believe we've used. But these are all real words. Mm-hmm. And you just append Grendel to the end. Mm-hmm. Amicable. 
bombast, cacophony, celebrant, eloquence, epiphany, epoch, euphoria, furtive, illicit, incandescent, limerence, oblivion, opulence, perfidious, pyrrhic, relentless, reverie, scurrilous, serendipity, sonder, superfluous, syzygy, transcendent, vehement, vicarious, and zealous. What's that one? Not, uh, not liminal. What's, what's that one? Limerence. Yeah, what's limerence? Uh, I'm going to quickly Google it because I've forgotten. <laughs> uh, I know, but I'm going to... Uh... I'm going to search for something else. Uh, the state of mind which results from a romantic attraction to another person and typically includes obsessive thoughts and fantasies and a desire to form or maintain a relationship. Oh, like an infatuation? Yeah. Or a crush? That's, that's... It is a limerence. What a great word. Yeah, mm. limer limerence grindle. But incandescent grindle, perfidious grindle, reverie mm. grindle. Mm. You pick mm. a good word. Delightful. And then you bung grindle after it. <laughs> and you're done. That's how they name their kids. So I figure we're probably not going to go through each of these landmarks in turn. I think we're just going to we're going to sort of mention ones which 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 we have something to say about. Yep. And one thing I'm going to do though is just quickly with Derelictus, I'm going mm. to go into a little bit of detail about the structure of it. Oh, please. So you've got right at the beginning, you've got name, tier, and data, like domains, the default stress. If you don't know mm. how much damage something does, you just use the default stress. It's got your haunts. It's got that sort of stuff. Then you get a nice description. Then any special rules for that haven and again this is something uh, for, the, for that location and this is something you can bung on your own as you as you make it the special rule for derelictus is that you can remove all your stress if you spend a few days there mm. because you're not in the heart then it talks about what resources are available and this is another place that we put in a lot of world building because what you can nick out of it <laughs> is actually fairly important yeah and then there's uh, a section on potential plots, which is NPCs, uh, mm. factions that are there. And any one of these, you can just go, yeah, that's all right. I'll use that as, a, as an adventure mm. and let the players do the rest. The, they'll find their fun on side missions, as it yeah, were. absolutely. You will get two plot hooks from every player every session. Yes. Um, and one thing I will say is we go through these these landmarks a lot of them are Spire in-jokes. Oh, yeah? You don't have to know Spire to, to enjoy the, the landmark, mm. but it helps in some cases. For instance, uh, on the next couple of pages, you're on page 139, you'll find Labyrinth. Mm. And Labyrinth is demonological viral curse, mm. uh, which is the disease, and it's odd. But that, that first cropped up with regularity in Idol on Sky. Yes, it was the, it was the, it was the, the side effect of some demon drugs. Yeah. which which made you build labyrinths. Uh, yeah, I was I was really getting into the idea of viruses that make you do things. Mm -hmm. So there's a labyrinth. There's also the the carnival later on in the monsters section. Yeah, I really love the idea of like a plague that is transmitted via disease. Yeah, that's there's something really exciting about that. So we have labyrinth. You can completely understand labyrinth without having red idol on sky. Yeah. But if you've read Island Sky, you go, oh, this is that thing. Oh, there you go. And That's you already have an, an extra layer of knowledge in your head. Mm. And like, as you'll see with Labyrinth, sometimes you get extra fallout specific to the to the landmark. Mm. Which is always fun. By necessity, the, the, uh, the landmarks in Heart are a bit grab baggy because we figure you're going to pick out the ones which make sense to you mm -hmm. and, and, and populate your, uh, your game with them. Uh, so, like, Red Cap Grove is a place where druids grow magic mushrooms and then sell them. Uh, <laughs> and they've set up a sort of government. Not government, what's the word? Uh, organised crime league. Yes, as it says, it's the most prolific and best-regarded drug farm. 
Mm. And that I think like that's that's really a holdover from Spire as well. In that the, in, in that we take we take fantasy tropes and then sort of get a little dirt on them. Yeah, and also you'll know it it's it's tier one. Yeah. So it's not weird yet, like fully mm. weird. It, there's still an, an essence of, of humanity about it. Mm. I would also like to briefly mention here uh, Residence Chamber 5. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to write deep apiarist landmarks. <laughs> yes, it is. It's super difficult. So there's three in the game, uh, and this and this is one of them. Uh, we've certainly implied the existence of Residence Chambers 1 through 4, but it might just be like the way that the, the Brits uh, numbered their tanks in yeah. World War II, and we're just, we're just trying to throw off the Germans... They're they're very hard to write for the deep vaporists because they're so fucking weird. Yeah, we really struggle with that. But hopefully we've got some fun stuff. Uh, we've got the Temple of the Moon beneath, which we talked a lot about in the heretics section. Yep, but fairly important ah. location for heretics. Now I will say, it was a chap I forget his name. Uh, he's, he's thanked in the in the thanks section at the back, but he came up with the idea of having different temples for each mm-hmm. of the drow, each each, each each of the Dominic virtues, uh, which was genius. Oh, just. Just so helpful. Thank you for that. Yeah, thanks, dude. Uh, so we nicked the idea and had them, and so we got to we got to make all of them a bit shit. I mean, some of them are highly effective at being awful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, like there's there's the one which is expressly awful on tier three, mm-hmm. and like you can't breathe there, and it's supposed to be about suffering and endurance. But like I I I, I like the rest of the one. There's the one that has um this temple of Sagacity, I believe. Where is it? We'll, we'll get to that on its tier. Like, let, we've got four here we can talk about because uh, yeah. it it has my one of my absolute favourite NPCs, which mm-hmm. is Derwent Swike. Poor now, old Derwent. Derwent Swike is at Cholorus, the the Temple of Fury, mm-hmm. and uh, Derwent did did very well personifying the damnic virtue of fury. Um, and got blessed. Now, now they keep him alive and underneath the temple, just bleeding, just bleeding him for his blood, mm. and drawing power from him. Like mm. poor Swake. Mm. Like this is this is this is seen as an honor by those in the Temple of Fury. Like aren't, not, aren't not, not by Swake. No, God no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like, and so, like, it's like to take the idea of of, of like, oh, there's there, there's this there's this chapel of slaughter, this chapel of fury, and like, actually, actually, it's it's from this mercenary sort of mercenary police officer who things got out of hand, and neither side really wants him, mm. and so like, like he, like, like, like both both like both the hounds and the witches who were attacking, I think, teamed up to bring him down, and then one side turned on the other. Uh, but it's but it's it, it's it's very much like one of the things which I find which turns me off a lot about like if you look at like grand sci-fi and grand fantasy is the is the scale and the scope of this mm. of, the, of the, the oh this grand temple to the blood god and it's on miles and miles of skulls it's like oh what it's like eighteen skulls <laughs> I can understand eighteen skulls yeah and like having the temple of fury the easy road would have been to go well it's a load of like frenzied berserkers mm. right and honestly most of the people at the temple of fury are fairly calm people sword makers mainly yeah so they take they trade in swords 
mm. uh, that have been used because because they need murder weapons for their rituals. <laughs> they need weapons that have killed people that have been used in fury, mm. and so they they will take in this dented, mangled old weapon as long as it's been used to kill somebody and trade it for mm. a perfectly new one. Mm. And I love that image. Now, the Temple of Fury are fairly calm, but they're, they're just getting their, they're getting their fury in other ways, in ways that yeah. they can measure. They're, they're, they're trading swords. In litres of blood and <laughs> counts of armaments. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the, Sagasti, the Temple of Sagasti is on this tier, actually, thankfully. Okay. Um, which is a, like, I think, like, the gag we had was that they believed that if you are not arguing something, you are, you are bringing shame to the goddess. Yeah. And so there always has to be, like, it's, it's a bit like, uh, like, Speaker's Corner, or, like, or, like, 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 someone gets up on their soapbox and, and, and has a shout. It's that, but forever. Yeah. And, like, and, like, pe- like, people take turns, and, like, and, like, initially it was, it was like, it was like these, these, these refugees from the city above who were, who were giving these, like, these, these great, enormous, like, 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 rabbinical, um, presentations, these treatises on the nature of faith, and now it's this guy who's like, I reckon they're putting piss in the water. <laughs> yep, but it's they, just gotten out of hand. But that all counts. And honestly, like that, that sense of extreme is something that we put in a lot. Like the ever lovely mm. Ranvest Temple of Vigilance um, is is a is the Temple of Vigilance. So everybody there is a spy, and there's they've got nobody to spy on anymore. So they're just spying on each other. And I'd like to just call out the haunts because they they point out exactly how infighty the place is mm. and how petty it's become. Mm. There's a doctor who doesn't tell you their name and asks you too many questions. A bar accessed by whispering a correct password into a bookcase. A person claiming to be a witch. A general store with extensive catalogue but no actual stock. And the least secure confessional in the city beneath. Every single person in Ranvest knows the password to the bar. <laughs> Everyone. Like, this, they could just leave the door open, but that's not how they work. Mm. And they're all shit. Yeah. Because they're spying on spies who know they're being spied on. So mm. they're not actually getting any better. It's just, it, it's ridiculous. And it's taken, it's it's gone to extremes and gone slightly mad. Hmm. Also, uh, the tower is quite high concept. It is a bit. All right, I, I, I went on a bit. It's it's a very small spire we put in heart. Mm-hmm. If you want, if, if if you want some spire, we have we have we have little little bits of spire. It's inspired um, uh, very much by the film High Rise. Uh, unlike the while High Rise isn't. Yeah, the location High Rise is largely inspired by Twenty Eight Days Later. I think, um, like lots of lo- lots of big abandoned tower blocks. But um, yeah, the tower is a. I don't know, man. It's a nice little story. I, I, if, if if anyone uses it, please write in. Yeah, like it's one I I don't think I'll ever use just because I don't yeah. have time. No, and it's it's quite it's, <laughs> it's it, it is it is definitely high concept, and I think that like it's it's uh it's more sort of showing you well like here's what you can do down here. Yeah. If you wanted something, and like I think it would make a really interesting um uh, game like to, to operate out of Sanctum. Mm-hmm. Like to have have a game where an angel comes to try and destroy it, or maybe not angels, maybe the paladins have arrived to try and destroy it from up spire. Yeah, and it, it, well. it contrasts nicely with the one, the next one in the book, which is the tunnels of wet filth. Great name. Which is just awful. That's that's an example of a uh, of a placeholder name that stuck around. It is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's just all it is is just a really 
shitty place full of awful vile excrement mm-hmm. and like half crocodiles that will eat you maybe bad scene I mean like the leader is called Brother Colostomy <laughs> um, <laughs> it's gross it's just disgusting yeah but my, the big thing about it is it's short and it's easy to replicate mm. like it's an example of what you can come up with by just have, by just taking two things and putting them together Mm, like a t-shirt, a Comic-Con. Like a, like a comic t-shirt, yeah. Mm. Should we move on to Tier 2? Let's do Tier 2 now. Where we get the one of the best-named places in the game. A vols. Which is, yes. We had to look up a vols. A vols is the term for tearing, essentially tearing away from a mooring. It's almost specifically used in medical terms for, like, tearing a tendon away from a bone. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a great word. Plus, um, I, it, I, I got to name the the central NPC Barrelless Scrum, and you described him as a red wet lump, <laughs> which is a, a wonderful contrast to red wet heaven. I, there's a lot. There's a lot of red wetness in the book. There's a lot of red wetness. There's, you're working through some stuff. I'm clearly working through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, is us sort of talking about cleavers a bit and and, and trying to get some cursed and wild in there. Um, Gorin is the first of the of the Kickstarter backer um, landmarks. Yes, and beautifully illustrated. Yeah, so you'll note that the Kickstarter backer ones run quite long. Mm-hmm. Generally, they're generally about a page, maybe maybe a little bit under. Uh, especially uh, Papilius, both later on, you'll see this as well. And I think I think like looking back on it now, I feel that perhaps they are overwritten a little bit. Because I wanted to give the, like someone had paid honestly a large amount of money, to have their own landmark in the book, and we've got like and they are illustrated because like Felix is also commissioned to do a, to do an art piece for us, and so I think I wanted to justify that, mm-hmm. um, and like work with the I, I was keen for us both to work with the I with with whatever idea that the the person who commissioned it came to us with, but then also to take that and make it. Uh, make it fit the setting. Yeah, and I think it came out really well. Uh, Gorin's mm. Gorin's great because everybody's the same person. It's got a punchline, unlike most landmarks. Which that I is like. true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's a but solid we, location. Mm, mm, we do actually. Hmm, interesting point. We mentioned meat puppets. Mm-hmm. We used to have a lot more meat puppets in the heart. There were a lot of meat puppets, like blanks. We called them, and they yeah. were they, they were copies of people that the heart had made for um, basically research purposes. Yeah, they're, they're, so they could test things on them. Yeah, and and I think like we, I just it didn't really feel. It felt a bit sci-fi, honestly. Yeah, I think so. We 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 pulled back from that. I'd much rather have hallucinations, but um, Goran is uh, Goran is the is the Cornish word for spider. Oh. Or spider web, I believe it's spider. Cornish coming in strong again. Mm-hmm. Human, uh, humans in heart are from Cornwall. Basically, yeah. That is that is broadly canon. Um, we've got Grin Station, which is a giant <laughs> underground fairground. Yes. <laughs> this was, I think, this was the subject of one of the first complaints. Mm-hmm. I um, I saw, yeah. So this 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 guy rocked up on the Discord. And he was saying, like, I don't buy it. I don't get this. Like, the heart's this crazy, weird, liminal space in Spire, and it's dark and strange and unknown. And you're telling me there's a fairground in it? And 
like, I was like, oh, okay, that's fair. And I think like we um, like we, we took the Ferris wheel out. Well, I mean, honestly, like, what if I told you that one of the largest places for commerce in the world has a roller coaster in it? Well, I would believe that. Right? Like, mm-hmm. if you look at the Mall of America, the fact that it has an entire amusement park in it mm. is insane. I've, I've been on that roller coaster. It's bonkers. I hurt my spine. I can imagine. It can't Snoopy. be a good roller coaster. It was it was a Snoopy roller coaster, and that that hound done me a mischief in my downstairs. <laughs> but it's in a station, like it's it's it was a it was originally designed as a mm. as a as a location to go. Mm. You know, like it so, was something fun for the poor to do. Crystal Palace, that sort of thing. You know. Plus, uh, it's like I get to mention Tupney Falls, which I imagine will really throw off any Americans reading the book. Uh, that possibly will, yeah. Tupney Falls. I don't know whether you have them in America, but it's a sort of... How do you describe Tupney Falls? So, so it's a, a Tupney Falls is... You, you, push, you push a penny in at the top of a machine. Well, Tupney. And, well. Alright. And then it pachinkos its way down a load of pegs. <laughs> and at the bottom, there's a tray that's moving in and out rhythmically. It's got no lip on the end. Yeah, and what happens is the coin will land flat and then either hopefully fall over the edge, more likely get stuck... Um, and the idea is to push coins over the edge so that it unbalances the next layer down where there's loads mm. of coins, and that falls out of a slot, and then you get a load of coins that you can then either, I guess, turn into real money, or okay. you push back in the machine. Throw a, throw in a river. I don't, I don't know what you're going to do with 22 twopence pieces. Yeah, and like sometimes they'll put like little toy cars on the money mm. and things at little prizes. Like, like a watch or something. <laughs> but that is... like A 13-year-old iPod. Now... I've got to presume a lot of the Tupneys, and like you get, you, you get, you get um, tenpenny falls as well. I think I saw a fifty p one, which for the is big like, spenders, like bloody hell, fifty p. Too rich for good. my blood. Yeah, good Christ. I mean, just t- take a heroin instead. Mm. But and like obviously some of them are glued to the to the thing, so they won't fall off. I understand. They've got to make their money somehow. It's out of idiots like me. <laughs> with but crimes. With crimes. Well, barely. I mean, carnival crimes barely crime. That is true. Um. A, 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 a sort of like I don't know, rambling embezzlement. the The point is, you can you can see the odds of what's happening, and like and like like you put the coin in, and you have no real bearing over where that coin ends up. No, you 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 can try and mm. and shift where it is, but basically it's timing and luck. But you still feel accomplished when oh, you yeah. knock down the penny. You get wonderful. It's what anyway. Sorry, the, the, there's 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 those, and they're three times the height of a dryer, and you'll get caught in them. Basically, what we're uh, saying is, fly to England, go to Brighton Pier, mm-hmm. and spend the rest yeah. of your day on some Tutney Falls and fly fly home. Now, I will say, uh, this does is this the only place uh, in Hart we can get porn? Yes. What the surf <laughs> witnessed? A faded reel of smut. <laughs> <laughs> Video porn as well, which mm. I like. or I suppose like I don't it's know what it is. porn. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of zoetrope. Yeah. Chris, zoetropes. can you can you talk to me about about uh, Hallow? Oh, Hallow, joyous home of the Blood Witches and Spire. Chris's favorite class. Yeah, it's so Hallow is the kind of church community basically mm. of the of the witches. And it's where their leaders are and where they do all their bizarre rituals. And it has one of my absolute favourite chain reaction rules in the game. 
because what happens when as basically when you startle a, a blood witch i.e call them fall cause them fallout they'll, they'll change into their into their nightmare form and what's more going to be more startling to another blood witch than seeing somebody else suddenly change into their into their <laughs> nightmare form so just very occasionally you get these huge ripples where the entire of hollow shifts into nightmare yeah and i love it i used to i used to live in the countryside in portugal i used to, used to, used to live on top of a hill in the, in the center of this large valley uh, and on occasion if uh, if i was feeling difficult i'd go up, i'd go up and stand on the roof and whistle and set off every dog in a 10 mile radius because <laughs> the dogs would set each other off and i like that but it's like witches in a large but not large enough auditorium yeah i'm gonna guess that like a couple of people accidentally die yeah definitely yeah like probably not probably like uh, accidentally yeah and like definitely not witches but people who aren't witches who are there and just are caught in the knives i want to talk about high rise high rise was the first the first uh piece of setting that i wrote for uh for heart and I'm, i'm honestly impressed you cut it down from the 11 pages it was five pages. It was long. It was long, and I wrote a detail. So, like, I wrote it up as though it was a district inspire. So, I talked about like I think that that there were like there were there were two different cults that were operating there. Uh, there were some baddies. There was a crow. There was the principle that like they would write that like they had they had they had a death like a death sect which they worshipped. There were the blanks. Uh, there were the blanks who were operating on there. There were the ghosts in the middle stages, um, and like everything, like I just really like the idea of because what high rise is, uh, it treats it treats uh, it's there's like thirty story buildings and anything below the twenty seventh story is haunted to fuck and you can't live in it, mm-hmm. and so you end up with you end up with these islands suspended in the middle of the sky or suspended like well, like stuck. 30 feet in the 30 stories in the air it's just this really cool image and so i i, I keep coming back to it i keep setting games there and i had the, I, I wrote up this massive detail stuff and chris was like i really like this it reads like spire yeah and i just i just basically written a derelictist district and we had to get much looser we had to get like much less uh defined yeah it was, uh, just, it was too much it was too detailed it yeah. was great like do not get me wrong but it, 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 we had nowhere to put it all. Yeah, precisely. And I think like bringing it down to like we were still trying to figure out how to write it and how to get this information across. And with Spy, we were really used to saying so. We're going to group this by domain, and then every large area um, in a domain gets like four to six pages mm-hmm. of stuff. Maybe an illustration, probably an illustration, and then and like there's and like you get like. Or there's four hooks on each page and a couple of gags. Yeah, maybe exactly. a box out. Um, and then we change to something much more different for this. This is much more fluid, and again, it's like it's like a. Uh, I think uh, on the Discord today, someone described the uh, the setting, uh, the settings inspire, and especially heart as a sort of buffet for the GM. Yeah, that's about it. Which is which is nice. Yeah. I mean, in um, in, in the in the tone of that buffet feeling, where you'll occasionally get you know an olive in the meat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the horde, uh, yeah, and last orders, which are both which are both different versions of the same gag. Yeah, and the horde is batshit. Honestly, it's it's a library with a dragon in it. Mm. What? It's kind of kind what? of a dragon <laughs> dragon lava. Yeah, dragon a lava dragon. Yeah, yeah, a young a little a little babby dragon, 
which is still the size of a it's it's a it's a it's a maggot the size of a horse, mm-hmm. armored maggot the size of a horse, and it's dreamed a library into uh, into existence around it because it wants stories. Yes, and you and, can get stuck there being a librarian. Yeah, and it's it's bonkers, but it. When when I mentioned earlier that one of the things that the the landmarks in the book do is talk about scope, mm. like this is at the weirder end. Yeah, like it just shows you can do weird fantasy with this if you want. Yeah, but it's 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 it, you're basically reading you're basically reading bedtime stories to a to a to a tetchy baby. Yeah. Who happens to be able to dream the world into? It's like like that Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, and do enormous mind domination, but only to make you a librarian. Similarly, Last Orders. Oh yes, yeah, the pub what eats you. I think Last Orders is very much the um, the poster child for Heart. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's certainly, a predatory buildings. Yes, um, but uh, yes, because because like we we'd seen D and D. We'd seen mimics. We'd seen cloakers. We'd seen the floor that eats you. We'd seen the bridge that gets up and stomps you to death. And we're like, whatever. Small fry. Don't care. We want a pub. And the pub is a pitcher plant, and you get digested in the basement. And I think that there's, that if we look at the picture, there are two things that I'd specifically like to call out on this. First off, Last Orders provides amenities. Mm. Like it comes, it, this is a predatory building that still has an outhouse. It's nice. And secondly, if you get eaten by last orders, you're an idiot. <laughs> because the pub sign is teeth. <laughs> it's just oh, yeah. teeth. It's just, like, it, it tried to warn you. And you can see that building smiling at you. Mm. And it's a functional pub. It's got some nice... It's got some nice stuff in there, and it's got, it's got probably scratches. my. It's got my favourite resource joke that we did. What's that? Uh, so the resources you can get from Last Orders are oh, a dusty yeah. bottle bottle of Desterran Red, dated before the Elf Air took to expire. D10 Haven Fragile, and a brand new bottle of Desterran Red, still settling, dated before the Elf Air took expire. D4 Haven Fragile, increased die size by one for every year that passes. I like that's that. never going to happen. Absolutely not. No, Unless you can do some time stuff. We would have to leave it in the barrel mm-hmm. for it to actually and not age. mix it up. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Still solid gag. I really like it. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, like there is like there's there's a session there, and I quite like the idea of like of like setting a murder mystery in heart, and it turns <laughs> out it was the pub. <laughs> Just uh, it's a murder mystery, uh, and there's a butler convention on, mm-hmm. and it's the pub what did it. There's the there's the red market. I think you've you've just skipped over one, which is the machines of oh. dust, which is oh yeah, which is another of those in jokes where if you've read some of Spire, mm. you'll get more of those because that's the dust machines cleverly from, concealed by turning the words around from blood and dust. Mm-hmm. It's an upgraded version of blood and dust, and except we remove what the machines do. Yeah, uh, we've got the red market, and I think this is one of my favourite pieces of art. Absolutely, um, yeah, which Felix did. I think it's one of the first ones he did as well. It's definitely one of the definitely one of the first crowd scenes. Yeah, and I like how everyone's different heights. I like that massive fucker at the back. That that big bastard at the back and the wee baby in the jar. Yeah, what's what 
Like, okay, so a pickled baby, I can understand. And you've got kind of like a little goblin-looking guy in the center. Okay, I can sort of get my head around that. Who's that guy? And, like, from from having that, that giant dude at the back, I'm like, oh, it's like Bloodborne, isn't it? Oh, I get it. And also, there's just, I, there's just eyes and teeth in the mm. dead center. I don't know what that is, but I don't like its face. It's, yeah, it was, it's, it feels scary and dense and there's a it's kind of a it's kind of a feathered snake around that dude's arm i think we started with the red market then went on to incarnadines yeah we had had we had the the sketch for incarnadines and what Mm. we wanted them to do but Mm. yeah i think the sketch did come first i will also say that um every incarnadine by law has a has a red word um as their as their first name Mm -hmm. so carmine hypatia Rubius Crofer and um, Vermilius Destera. Vermilius. Vermilius. You have to have a word which means red. I would also recommend just looking up the different words for red because they're delicious. They are very Ox good. Oxblood. Mm. Yeah. Good name. Yeah, similarly, the red market used to be really much longer than that. A lot, yeah. And, and I, t- I, took a, I took a cleaver to it and mashed it up and just sort of, okay, we'll cut everything down because we don't need, to, we don't need to, to talk too too much about this and leave this up to the... Uh, the players yeah and then we've got sightless which is another of the temple of virtues mm-hmm. um which is basically a trap town if you like traps mm. just bung your players in sightless but i think when you talk about one of the most important landmarks in the game what's that swine fall oh! <laughs> <laughs> Sung to the tune of um, is it Skyfall? Skyfall, yeah. Spyfall, Skyfall, Skyfall. It's You'll get an eyeful <laughs> of pig meat. So this is a place that's just like a slaughterhouse for pigs, and there's pig ghosts. This, you know, this is like so this. This is uh, inspired by um, as a as a section in Perito Street Station. Which is uh, a book which I've read once and don't admit to read again, but I had a very good time. <laughs> well, I don't even know whether that's true. I I, I definitely read it. And it's it been consumed. But there is uh, the uh, I think it's called the Rungate Rampant, which is the kind of uh, their their illegal um, anti-establishment newspaper. One of the w- one of the characters uh, is a reporter for the Rungate Rampant, um, and her editor, uh, like as as part of a cover and for a day job, her editor works at a slaughterhouse. And so uh, he meets, uh, she meets him uh, in in this in this sort of this red sluice like room where a pig gets thrown down a giant chute so its legs break and then he kills it and butchers it. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, "Oh, that's horrid! Can I have that? (laughs) I should really ask." Oh man, they threw it down a they threw it down a chute. And so, yeah, I really like the idea of um, like I think Swinefall's the grimmest shit we've got. Like not only not only is it a slaughterhouse, but it's full of the ghosts of pigs. Yeah. Um, should we should we break here because we've been recording for forty minutes at this point before we go on to the next tier? Yeah. Tear drops on a fire. It takes me, makes me wiser. That's correct. We're dropping down a tier to tier three. That was pretty good. It wasn't, but thank you very no, much. I'm, I'm happy with it. I think you did well. 
Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. We're here to talk about Tier 3 and Beneath. We are. Tier 3 is a bad place. <laughs> Where you oughtn't go. Tier 3 is the is very much the sort of the, the end point of our ideas with this, in that we, we just kept coming up with stupid concepts. Yeah, Tier 3 gets weird. I think the weirdest bit is the... So Briar, Briar kind of makes sense. You yeah, know, like, like an underground forest. Briar is indicative of why we needed a tier three, mm. because it was a it was basically a grab bag place of all of the weird ideas, like the really strange stuff that we were like, nah. yeah, I like this. I think it's good. I think it's fun, but it doesn't necessarily fit. Mm. Like it doesn't it doesn't hold a cons- the same sort of tone. So Briar is very fairy tale. Mm. It's hunters yeah. and it's you know Granny's cottage is is there and things like I think, that. I think it was originally called the woods. It was just called the woods, and there was yeah. the wolf. Yeah, we had the wolf there. Yeah, um, but it kind of evolved into something a bit more on brand. Mm. And a couple of the places in tier three are like that. Mm. They've evolved from ideas and are just too honestly in some cases wacky to go elsewhere. The, I think the one which I want to bring up is Kenmore. I love Kenmore. Ken, so Kenmore is, I think it was, it was a very early one I wrote back when Hart wasn't quite as, as 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 solidified. I think in terms of being on brand. And Kenmore is there's, there's this undying skeleton king who's absolutely off his tits on narcotic nectar, on like alcoholic nectar. Ambrosia. Ambrosia. And he and his courtiers, you don't really like him that much. I just spending eternity there getting drunk and you can go and steal some of it. Yep. I, it was quite I think that's like that's that's much closer to the idea of a of like of like, of like a taking the piss out of a dungeon crawl. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to making our own thing. This entry was also a lot longer. Oh my days, yeah. We had stats of the courtiers. It I was think huge. we do have them somewhere. Yeah. Tier three was quite underpopulated mm-hmm. by the time we hit there because it's quite hard to get to get crazy weird with the stuff and have it still hang together, it's like like not so weird that it becomes a a uh, fracture. No, is it fracture? Yes, yeah, the word. Yeah, yeah. Not so weird that it becomes so, sort of an offshoot, a different dimension, but something weird enough to to warrant tier three. Um, so like Gasling Plain was something which has hung around for a while. The moor has come out from uh, from Spire, from the worshippers of the Hungry Deep. But we we went through and much like with the. With the earlier tiers, where you can see like the deep apris stuff, which we put in there, we wanted to try and to show the power factions in the city, in the in, in the heart, through locations, which is why we've got the bunker and Cairnmore and the terminus. Not 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 Kirk, not Cairnmore. Sorry, terminus for the Missian sages and Wadstone Nazanov for the deep apirists, to sort of show this is as far as people get. Yeah, this is this is it. Mm. Like you don't. Well, maybe people go further, but you don't really talk about them anymore. It's kind of a. There's an element of abandon all hope, but you're pr- probably like, embrace all hope. I guess is probably a better idea. Yeah, generally speaking, it might turn out okay. Uh, it's also got the last of the uh, the damnic temples in it, Sufri, mm. which is it just like a terrible place. Awful. Mm. Like it's just it's intentionally bad, and people <laughs> intentionally spend time there. It's such a bad idea. In in your own tier three. Um, ideas. Uh, I recommend putting maybe a sky in. 
because we didn't put a sky in anywhere that's within the heart and not a fracture. And I, I think we missed out a trick there. Yeah, I mean, I I quite often use skies on tier two and down. Mm, yeah, you um, like a sky. I do like a sky. I like I like having a, a very small location, having a day night cycle. Yeah, that is fun. And it? whether whether or not it matches anything like the surface, like it could be twenty minutes long, mm. um, and just basically strobe you to death. <laughs> but I, but I love how weird you can get with like, like yes, you can see two moons. I'm sorry, what? Tier three is where weirdness goes to die. Yeah. Well, well, um, blossom. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've got rogue. Rogue is honestly, I'll be honest, with you, kind of an afterthought. We needed something. We we needed a category for fractures which could turn up anywhere, or like, or for for places which could turn up anywhere which weren't. F- stuck to a particular zone yeah so i'll i'll quite commonly change the tiers of of stuff when i when i run it and make it more or less weird appropriately mm-hmm. yeah uh, that's a that's a little tip which we should have put in the book ideally yeah here like what, what it's become is uh, magic mal who is a character from spire uh she's like she's on the she, she's in the heart I think, or definitely, definitely on the boundaries of, uh, like, like, like out of derelict, just towards the heart. So we wanted to give her a bit more of a discussion because she's cool. She's a blood witch and 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 the midwife. Which is, I guess Magic Mel's kind of like our author insert Mary Jane character. I guess in a weird way, like I definitely don't want <laughs> to be them. Hello, listener Grant here. Uh, I obviously I meant Mary Sue rather than Mary Jane. Carry on. Oh no, no, or even one of her pets. No. But you do get clothes. She's got all the all the traits that we really like in Spire and Heart. There's there's the room, which is a honestly seems like a sci-fi miniseries. I mean, there is that sci-fi miniseries called The Room, which is this. Ah, uh, uh, no, no, that, that's that, that, that's about um, that's about the the different god artifacts, right? Yes, that come from the room. Ah, that's okay, what makes yeah, them well, special. Well, this is like that, except except the artifacts aren't special, and the room just keeps cropping up and spreading itself. Yes, I like the idea of like invasive architecture. Yeah, like I mean non, that's non-native architecture. That's what the the Grindel hunting clubs are, which are also right. Yes, they were going yes. to be much more central. Central is a mm. long word, but they were going to be much more common. They were going to be a power. They were going to be a power structure the, yeah. the, the hunters, and they'd be dotted about the heart, and you'd be like just walking along this awful column that uh, column mm. tunnel that looks like a colon and they'd just be <laughs> they'd just be a charming looking little little shack and you go inside and it's a palatial little country club inside mm. with people you know checking your membership and then shooting in the face if you don't have one but i i think like it felt a bit safe yeah that's the thing it did feel a bit it, safe it was for posh people with money and i didn't really like that so we we took the hunter class out of the game and sort of maybe ruled off some some of their skills into different classes. But we've kept it here because um, we kept the, we kept them in as monsters. In that we have uh, Lady uh, Lady Salvacious Grindel, who is one of the legendary monsters later on. Uh, she she went full apocalypse now. Oh yeah, she definitely F- became heart mm. Mm. of but darkness, uh, right? That that's. That would have been an interesting thing to explore. Mm. I know we've got fractures, which is where I I just really went off on one. <laughs> you did love the fractures. I fucking love fractures, man. I like I like other worlds and I like shit other worlds. Yeah, and I like, like, I like the heart is the is a prime place to put them. Yeah, I was think uh, I was chatting about this on Twitter, and like heart isn't low fantasy. It's what if high fantasy was shit. 
Yeah, what if it was and grot? That, that puts you that puts you in a really good mindset of like, no, it's fantastical. It just it's just bad. And not and not necessarily in a sort of endlessly grim way like Warhammer is. Mm. It's just it just it's just not very good at its job. Like yeah, because because the the Warhammer universe is grim dark. Like if something's mm. got a skull on it and could be dripping blood, it's absolutely mm. got a skull on it and dripping blood. Whereas here, it's just stuff that doesn't work. Yeah, and like and like maybe it once worked, or maybe it never worked, and everyone's just been sort of trying. Yeah, uh, the the Vermissian is like the yeah. the poster child of that, right? Yeah, if you if you compare our trains to Eberron's trains. Everyone's trains are just these astonishing pieces of magical engineering, and they exist. And yeah, and our trains just never, never ran. <laughs> Not like they tried and they and they blew up or something. No, no, they didn't get a chance. What's your What's your favorite for extra Chris? Oh, actually, well, sorry. What's What's your favorite um, heaven? I think that's what the franchise are, what, what they're really about. Well, no, because there's things like Papilius both. It does have a bit. That's really good art. I do like the art. Yeah, it's one of our one of our backer ones, and has too many egg sacs for me. <laughs> um. So yeah, I gross. I really like the forest. Mm. I think the forest is my favourite of the the heavens because it's beyond primal. Mm. Pretty like, primal. Yeah, it's like what if you take the primal wilderness. And then find the primal version of that. Yeah. And then get people who, you know, are civilised, as it were. Like, they drink out of cups. And send them yeah. there. They have yeah. no idea what's going on. And then they see a dragonfly the size of a town buzzing at them. It's so difficult for players to interact with. Not necessarily in, like, a, a narrative story way. But, like, I mean, characters, not players. Like... Yeah. They're so out of their depth. Like the Grail Road, there's people they recognise. See, I love the Grail Road. That's my favourite one. The Grail Road is really good because it's very human. Absolutely. What if what if a Cormac McCarthy film was was the afterlife? <laughs> yes. And and so you just keep. What I will say, I've never seen a Cormac McCarthy film. I only know that he recorded the road, and so that's the you know thing I'm coming from. But it's very much it's this ceaseless trudge towards a possible heaven. Yeah. As long as you're cool, I said that anyone can get there. It's just if you happened to be if you happen to be a wanderer king, you get to have things like a sword and working shoes. Yeah, and you can still get mugged for them. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I like. <laughs> I really like the idea that like you have to you also have to know how to fight. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be people who who've been there for an eternity stealing rusted swords off people. None of the heavens are nice. No, that's and, the other thing. And the fact that, like, if you're a drow, let's say, mm. you can go to heaven and then come back. Mm. And it's not like um, the the standard ideal of the Christian heaven where it's literally perfect. Mm. And, like, I can only imagine somebody that's gone to heaven and come back being utterly destroyed at the state of things. Yeah. Like oh, that—that's what you had waiting for you. Yeah, and then you're back here in this, yeah, in 2020, <laughs> and that's nightmarish. But you can go to the heaven and go, oh, this is—is this is all that's waiting for me? Yeah, this is what I get if I'm a good person. I think I think there's, there's something quite pleasingly satanic about that. Mm. And like, no, actually, I'm going. I'm I'm, I'm going to try and get something now. Then, yeah, like. 
I mean, that's that's the the only in, in quotation marks good heaven is the um, Elfit one. Moon Garden. Oh well, I mean, so the Moon Garden is nice mm. in that it soporifically dulls you. Uh, you 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 can't really feel pain or boredom or whatever, and you sit in the moonlight forever, and that's pretty chill. Yeah. Um, the Elfir one, you do drown. Yeah, but for years. Yeah. So the reason I say the the, the slumbering depths are the good is the good one, mm. is because like it shaped the Elfir so much. Mm. Because they they know that the afterlife is boring and suffering. <laughs> They're these extreme bon vivants during life. Mm. And like, yeah, that that feels about right. Yeah, like it's it was, fitting. It, the it the drow afterlife is um, a laudanum heaven, or a a sort a, a sort of I don't know, like Gormenghasti, Necromunda, um, Hades. Actually, actually, you know, it's, it's more like Hades, I think. Yeah. In terms of like 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 on the dark side of the moon, where there's just these swarms of ghosts and and spectres staring into the good side of the moon, trying to get in. Like looking into an aquarium. Yeah, like that's 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 where most people are going to end up. That's that that that's your purgatory. And it was really nice to take the ideas of the cultures that we'd explored so far in Hearts and Spire, and then say, well, what's their like? What do they think is good? What's a reward to them? Mm. And like the red moon is just <laughs> a war zone. <laughs> the red moon literally takes place in Dark Souls. Here they sit, flame crowned, and looking out over domains of blackened brick and endless lakes of blood, waiting for the blood moon to shine in the skies once more, so they might be called to the world below to enact glorious vengeance from beyond the veil of death. I wrote that on holiday. <laughs> I was supposed to be on a holiday, and I was doing that on the plane. Mm-hmm. That's great. And then right. you've got the palace multifaceted, which is my favourite heaven. Yeah. I yeah, think, okay. like, of, of sorry, of the of the, the drow-style heavens. Because the forest mm. is... Pre... Is pre, pre yeah, like, it predates all of these heavens. These are newer mm. heavens by comparison. And it is it is the definition of heaven, which you can afford it. Mm. If you got the coin, it's a great heaven. But everything costs money. My my favourite trick was when like we, we figured that Incarnadines would definitely set up um, mm. legal documents which ensure na- which ensure contributions are made in their name after death. Yeah, so that they they keep <laughs> getting an influx of cash. There's yeah, there's, there's something quite pleasing about it, like your eternal reward, which isn't. <laughs> yes. I mean, as long as the checks keep coming in, Buster. Yeah. Should we move on to adversaries? I think we probably should. Yeah. Or they, do you want to mention the source at all? As as like an atheist heaven. We yeah. So the source is atheist heaven, right? It's mm. the the knowledge. Um. Afterlife. Yeah. Battery. <sighs> Compost? It's a Some battery. Compost. Yeah, it's a battery. It's a battery and your, your soul goes there when you die. Yeah. It's also real. Yeah. Like, rather than um, the moon, the facets of the moon, which are other planes, basically, mm. the source is, is that you can go and stand outside the source. Yeah. Well, technically, you could go to the moon. Yes, but, like, it is, it is, a, it is a sort of pyramidal 
ziggurat yeah. structure in the real world. Yeah. This impervious structure that that it, that it maintains charge with souls. You could, you could theoretically walk there. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't do you right much good. I mean, you get a nice view from the top, but yeah. The the other thing, and we're gonna just sort of just just uh, part, just part the curtain here a little bit, sort of give you a little secret. This is where demons come from. Yeah. This is um, the source is is the source of all demonology, and basically Knowles have worked out how to do it clean. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, I think I think perhaps because they've been sitting in a pyramid full of it for years. Um, they 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 extract it like a sort of wireless electricity and use it to power shit and that's really sensible and the elfia have to do it by giving you a poem you can never forget which makes your legs turn into i don't know fucking vultures <laughs> yeah because the way we've got demons set up and i honestly can't remember if we actually fully explain at any point i'm not sure we do no we don't no we, we like we deliberately say um here are a few ideas for what demons are and then we picked one and didn't tell anyone yeah so i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you the one we didn't tell you in the book is that demonology and demons are just forces. Electricity. Electricity, like that sort of thing. And it's only the output or the eidolon that shapes it into into something specific. Think of the eidolon like a one of those uh, uh, sort of stencils you put over the end of a Play-Doh scrucia. <laughs> yeah, and it extrudes and it into a, a shape and personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have named it, and the more that people have named it, the more it's entered the collective unconscious. Mm. So the more people are likely to see it as this. Um, but at the end of the day, what you're dealing with is raw electricity, like the strong and weak atomic forces, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like it's it's base chaos force, not a real thing. So yeah. Yeah. Adversaries. Adversaries. You've been listening to the director's commentary podcast for Heart, the City Beneath. I was Grant Howitt, and I was joined by Christopher Taylor, and we wrote the Heart RPG. For more information on Heart and our other titles, go to rrdgames.com. Dot com.